This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 21 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about some of our favorite new products. The breed of the show is the Beagle. Uh, We're going to talk about Ayurvedic medicine. And in Coffee Clutch, we're going to discuss vaccinations. This is Kicker Montague. And this is Patty Perucci, and you're listening to Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. I'm um, tired. How about you guys? <laughs> I'd like to talk about that. I, I just got back from um, doing a clinic where um, I can't remember, but I think I taught 33 lessons, 30 lessons. Wow. And, <gasps> yeah. And I drove home and got up and went to work today. I'm just a little tired. And did you, I get, did you drive home the scenic route or the direct route? I actually <laughs> did drive home the scenic route. I actually did. Kind of funny that you mentioned that. I did. It was beautiful. But it just, it, I tell you what, after you, to, you teach 14 lessons in one day, a good friend of ours, uh, uh, Tigger's and mine, Jim Coford, who can teach 17 lessons in a day, it's <laughs> day number one and number 17 are all just good. I'm going to tell you what, you want to have me at my best, get up early. <laughs> by, yeah. by six o'clock in the evening, if I have not had a brief nap, mm-mm, you do not want me. <laughs> Because I'm bitchy, yeah. I'm hangry. Yeah. And we also know that if you get a little bit of wine at about 5.30, uh-huh. then, I'm sta- then, I'm outstanding. then I'm outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. So how often do you hit the road and do that type of thing in a year? Pat? Me? Yeah. I, I do this one particular clinic every month. And um, it is, uh, for the most part, I generally... Um, I'll either leave right after I've done all of my horses on Friday and go teach a few Friday evening and then pretty much all day Saturday, all day Sunday, um, anywhere from 10 to 12 lessons. But I do that every month. And so, I've actually started doing more. So so is, do you go back to the same location and end up <laughs> with a lot of the same students each time? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh, so yes. it's a regularly occurring thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's interesting because the first time in my career, I mean, I've always kind of wanted, uh, Tigger and I have talked about this a lot, get more into doing clinics because it's what's nice about doing clinics, it's fresh, it's a new place, it keeps things fun and exciting, and it's always so nice to go see these people because you're they're so excited you're coming in, and which really that fuels me. Um, but I always feel like I come away learning something about what I can do better in my own riding or something I can use for my daily clients because I do now – um, sometimes up to 12 horses a day. I mean, the least I do is 10. So, I, you know, I've got to keep things exciting. I try very hard. And this helps me a lot um, with that. Mm-hmm. And, that's and I'm sure Healthy Critters does too. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I, I love all of our topics, especially, you know, coffee clutch ones. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, or Tigger, you do a lot of essentially teaching too, because when you go and do uh, seminars and conferences as things, you are speaking with groups about various and sundry topics related to nutrition, I'm guessing. Correct. Yeah. Now, do you also, uh, having been a teacher for many years, um, do you also find that going out and doing these things and interacting with 
for lack of a better term, students, these are people who want to learn from you, also kind of sparks your creative fires a little bit and, and makes you want to dig in deeper and find more information for them? Um, no. <laughs> that was the answer what, you're supposed to give us. <laughs> well, I doesn't know, it give, doesn't it give you honest. ideas for new products? Uh, not necessarily, but what it does do is it, um, I get a lot of energy from, um, helping people. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, um, if I'm giving a a barn talk or a seminar or whatever, when it's over and people have asked their questions and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I feel like I'm, um, standing on top of a mountain. Because um, knowing that I have that the possibility exists that maybe some horses are going to be helped by this is so immensely gratifying. Yeah, it 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 it, it it's I can't even put words to it. Interesting. So almost in that you you, you want no a little bit know. although it's you know it's it's just empowering people with with knowledge that um has been taken away from all of us by big ag well Um, and also you put a lot of time into doing this and then you know your time and your effort comes out in knowledge to other people and that too i think fuels um you up there on that mountain (laughs) you know i mean you know what i mean because i mean i totally get that it's it's a it's an awesome feeling, and I, I feel very privileged to be able to be the messenger, mm-hmm. you know, and and to do something important for the planet, because ultimately it's that small seed that is like waves, you know, it's the ripple in the pond. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's really how you bring about you know change. And for yeah. me, the, the change is all about how we eat and how we take care of the earth. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So yeah. Diff- very different um, points of view on, but but yet you still find that that interacting with people who want to learn from you is what energizes you to continue doing it for more people. Oh, you bet. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. And and, th- and me, that's and that's basically what you're talking about, Patty, by mm-hmm. going off off site and seeing people who want to learn. And they're and they're gleaning information you from you, and they're soaking it up like little sponges. That energizes you to go back home. Oh, absolutely. And do what you do at home. And you know, and the thing is, in my in my work, um, you know, for the most part, if you know, there's a lot of instant gratification. You know, you show an exercise or you change a position, and someone can instantly feel something. And I am. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how many other people do this, but I am very big on communication. And I think that's why this one particular clinic that I do um, has continued to be more of an extension of my business where I am in Houston. But I have people text me, I want you to tell me what's going on. Send me a short, you know, clip about what's going on or, oh, you're, no, you didn't get that. And what I ask everybody to do, and this is, <laughs> and I've been doing this for years, but I tell them at the end of their lesson, they have to um, send me at the end of the weekend three things and it can be longer than three things but it, it, on what we worked on because i often find if i don't have them do that then they think we've worked on something else and i go back the next month and there's no improvement and um 
and then I find they need and takeaways. I, yes. Well, yeah. And so, yeah. but they have homework. I like to give them homework and I like, I love it when people check in with me and say, okay, all right, dude, this was not working. What am I doing wrong? Or did I not get it right or whatever? But that way, when I go back, it's not like I'm going blind into the situation. I've had a little bit of communication. I'm getting somewhat of an idea how the, the three weeks or four weeks have gone. So I go in with a little bit of knowledge. And so that and like I said, it's just, it's, it's instantly gratifying and I can walk away from the weekend. I'm never, I, I'm not a big person to make big changes because I want people to feel, I want them to feel the progression. Um, I want them to, I want to come back in three weeks and see they've made improvements. I find if you go and you make these huge improvements and they can't sustain them without you standing there, that doesn't do anybody good. I've just taken their money. Um, so I make them do homework. Yeah. I'm making them accountable mm-hmm. for what they've done. One of the nicest compliments I ever got when I was back in the day when I was a riding instructor, I had had a student who was also a very good friend, which frequently happens in the horse business. Sure. Um, had gotten to that point in her riding, and I said, you know, I've taught you everything I know. I can't do anything else. Wow. You've, everything I've got, you've got, wow. and you've got it solid. Um, we need to find you an instructor who can take you up to the next level. Wow. So she went out and found her one, and during her first lesson, sort of that get-to-know-each-other thing, um, at the end of the lesson, she said, you've got the basics down pat better than anybody I've ever started with before. Mm. And that was the biggest compliment. Yeah. Wow. No, that is really nice. Because that's all I had. That's all, you know, mm-hmm. as far as dressage was concerned, I can get you the basics. That's it. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I but that's a you. tremendous, con- that's a that, tremendous that was like, compliment. I felt so proud. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> were on the mountain. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, was, the I mountain. was on the mountain. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's the same thing in that you, you feed off of that energy of, the light bulb moments that your students or in your case, Tigger, uh, the people who are participating in conferences and barn talks and stuff. And, uh, and we all feed on that with each other. And I think that's something that we're starting to see a little bit more of, at least from my point of view in the horse community at large, we're spending a little bit more time encouraging one another to feed off of that positive energy from each other. Like, you know, I just had a rotten ride on my horse. This, that, and the other thing happened. I'm feeling kind of low. But instead of that sucks, you need to go and do these six things that are crazy. Well, it's okay that it sucked. Let's work yeah. on it. Let's be positive and move forward rather than dwelling on that negative part. I'm starting to see a kind of a, like, again, like you referred to earlier, Tigger, sort of a ripple effect in the horse mm-hmm, community. Mm-hmm. That's It's gradually getting more positive at that grassroots level in that how we feel about our horses, how we compete our horses, how we take care of them. It's starting to be more positive. Yeah. Thank God. Thank Which the goodness. horses feed off of. Which yeah. the horses feed off of precisely. Exactly. So let's, uh, let's kind of like uh, get on with the show. We've got uh, new products to talk about, right? We do. Right. Yep. This episode's special guest segment is brought to you by Warhorse, naturally aggressive and fiercely kind. So we decided it would be a fun segment, uh, shaking things up uh, a little bit, that we talk about some new products that each of us have run across that either we really like or we don't think too much of. Yeah. So um, I'm going to start with something that I heard about from a client in California and she had, 
she has a warm blood that was imported a year ago. And he just, no matter what, they've done everything, ulcers and whole food diet, and he gets better. But he never quite was the horse that she saw in Europe. Mm. And she had a, a visit from um, a representative of this company who talked to her about maybe the problem was the water, that he wasn't drinking enough, he wasn't well hydrated, and maybe there's, you know, it could be an issue also with the fact that it's city water. So you've got chlorine and um, other metals, and so she tried it. The horse totally turned around. So then she goes to a horse show. And she just fills the bucket with regular horse show water. And she said, I got on that horse and I warmed him up and he felt like crap. Oh. So she went back to her tack trunk, got out this product, filled his water bucket. He was great all weekend. Interesting. Well, obviously, I was incredibly intrigued. So I went online, looked up this product. It's called Horse Hydrator. Mm-hmm. And by the way, don't go to the website while you're recording a podcast because they have one of those really irritating auto start videos that creates music in the yeah. background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sideline. Yeah, just, just an FYI. Yeah, sideline. So I bought two. Now not, I'm on well. Not just water. one, two. No, I bought two because if I really like something, then I want to give it to somebody else to try. That and she likes to have a lot of it. <laughs> So being on well water, I, you know, I didn't think there was going to be any kind of a difference, but I thought it was such a cool concept. You attach it to the end of your hose, the filter, the water runs through this filter. And it's simple, right? And it's really simple. I mean, any idiot can do it, including myself, who has no mechanical abilities whatsoever. (laughs) So the first day filled up the water, you know, made their feed with it, you know, didn't see any difference and didn't expect to. But the second day, one horse drank a third more than he normally drinks, and it wasn't even a hot day. And the the mare that sort of, she drinks very moderately, she drank 50% more. Interesting. Yeah. Then I had filled the, um, the, the tub out in their pasture with this new filter water. And this morning when I brought them in, I'm like, holy crap. I mean, they drank a lot of water. Wow. And, you know, that's interesting because that's well water. I mean, I always think well water is better. Like, they'll drink well water more readily, you know, than they would regular water. But I I have a feeling that part of this filter um, is using a coconut charcoal. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think just making the water even better tasting. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I don't think there's anything harmful like city water can possibly right. have with yeah, the treat. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> I've spent most of my life drinking well water from various and sundry places. And just because it's well water that is perfectly safe to drink doesn't mean that there are not dissolved minerals in there that make sure it that. taste funky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are, I mean, I had the well, I've had the well tested and we're very high in copper and zinc, which is good things. But we also have things like E. coli and 
other bacteria, not at dangerous levels, but it may be that this filter was just enough to take out whatever the horses found. Okay, no problem. We'll drink it. But boy, this is really better. That's so interesting. And you know what is so amazing? This thing is about, I mean, you can just put it in the in your palm it's not like you're, you're lugging around some big yeah. it's, complicated it's, it's not, yeah it's not any bigger than a fancy schmancy um end that you would put on your hose to make it spray pretty patterns yeah it's like yeah. A, it's like a big brush yeah. but, it's a, doesn't Interesting. but it's because i because the video when i watched the video it i i guess i uh uh it looked to me i don't know like it was almost in a bottle of some sorts or like it is it's like a plastic bottle that has openings at both ends one for the water to come out one to attach to your hose it's not a i mean it's a very simple device but i tell you it works great and how many like how many uses does each filter have so um they say that you get 700 to 2000 gallons so approximately three to four months and I think it retails for like $25. That's wow. really awesome. What a great and thing to take to horse shows with you. Horse shows. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, Tigger, you and I both can attest to this. When you bring horses from anywhere else, especially like Virginia, and you bring them to Florida, especially in Loxahatchee, oh, tons of horses not, that won't drink and or, or drinking on the road or, you know, exactly. there's always that one horse. Um, boy, that's going to be invaluable. Invaluable. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a raving fan. So, what's ball. the name of it again? So it's horsehydrator.com. Huh. Oh, and you can you can connect it directly to the spigot too. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So even if you have an automatic waterer, you can hook it to the automatic waterer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Dang. Wow. What and a so can product. You, and so, can you tell when the filter needs to be changed or? It doesn't. There doesn't seem to be anything that um, that alerts the button you to doesn't that. pop like a turkey. Turkey that's yeah, it doesn't turn red like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but they do have an auto ship. It's based on three months of usage, and at twenty four ninety nine, I mean, if you get yeah. three months of use, that's that's ridiculous. Possible. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, great. What is that per day? I mean, really, that is yeah, so interesting. It's, it's pennies, not even yeah, yeah. I really think every barn should have it, and especially if you're on city water and your horses travel to shows. This is a must-have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to order some. I, I looked it up when you had sent it to me and thought it was incredibly fascinating. Especially, like I said, you're taking horses from down to Florida, especially in Deloxahatchee. I've had so many horses that won't drink. Will So much drink. sulfur in that water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And yeah. sulfur, ugh. ugh. And this will, this will bind up the sulfur and the chlorine. Oh, that's so cool. How cool is okay. that? Okay. Really good ticker. I don't have anything even remotely that good. <laughs> well, then what? let's go to Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Jennifer. <laughs> and here, I, th- I thought my product was pretty kick butt, but I don't know now. Yeah, I want to see. My, pro- my, my product is the Rocking Horse Feeder, which is at rockinghorsefeedersplural.com. And you can okay. go there safely because it does not have an autoplay video. Um, and what it is, it's a round plastic feed tub, like you hang in your horse's stall or use in the paddock. But what she's done is, I'm going to date myself. Are you familiar with weebles that wobble, but don't fall down? 
Yes. Of course. Okay. Or if you're a little bit younger, uh, those punching bags that kids get that have sand in the bottom and you punch them and they can't fall over. This is basically a feed tub that can't fall over. So when the horses zing it across the paddock and try to get the feed to fly out of it or try to flip it over, it doesn't. Interesting. It doesn't. It's got, uh-huh. a, it's got an integral lip on the top. You know how you can buy the, the big round feed tubs that you hang in your stall that you can put a lip on top of them? And yeah. then the horses use that lip like a chew toy and they, t- they pull yep. it halfway off. Well, the lip is integral, so they can't do that. And they can't zing the feed out the side because that lip is there. But then it's designed with a weight in the bottom. And the weight is on the exterior surface. Like a bean bag. Like a bean bag. So it's heavy. And then the bottom is rounded. So when the horse hits the oh, side of it trying to tip it over, it kind of rolls 10 or 15 degrees and then rights itself. And then they hit it again and it rolls 5 or 10 degrees and it then it rights itself. Huh. And I've had this one for, oh, probably close to a year now. And Nigel, my new horse, is a being typical thoroughbred, just zings the feet out of the tub, tips it over, you name it. So I started using this with him. And now they're designed to go on the ground. They're not designed to be hung up for obvious reasons because you wouldn't need right. to wait there. Um, and I found something interesting. I was just telling my neighbor about it this morning. Now that he's been using it consistently for a while, he no longer tries to tip it over. Because you know, Interesting. How, yeah, he doesn't even try. He just sticks his face in and eats. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he, there's none of the, the behaviors have gone. That caused me to want to use it to begin with. Now, it'll be interesting to let him use this for three or six months and see if I can put a, a regular feed bucket on the floor and see if he goes back to it. I don't know. But mm-hmm. he stopped trying to tip it over. He doesn't wing, wing at it with his head. He doesn't beat <laughs> on it. Just plop it down That's there. pretty cool. There's no feed that on the floor. Cool. No feed on the floor. No tipped over. We're not feeding the, we're not feeding the, the, the mice or the birds. <laughs> Or the squirrels anymore. It's all going in Nigel, and I really like that. Oh, that is so cool. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's again, it's like, well, why didn't somebody think of this a million years ago? It's such a simple concept, but somebody where did you And where did you find it? Um, like, how did you even come across it? Rocking Horse so. Feeders contacted us? Okay. I don't remember anymore. That's cool. Because that was like when... when, when uh, we were discussing doing this. I kept thinking, you know, um, I mean, I did, I mean, I know Tigger. You talk to so many people that make suggestions, and they're and generally, obviously, it has something to do with them eating or whatever because of what you do. But I, I kept thinking, you know, I don't really, <laughs> I really don't get that many suggestions for different stuff. I was just wondering how you kind of came across it, like how you even found it. So it's well, cool. Yeah, they, they contacted us. She's in the in crowd. Uh, the in crowd, yeah. And I, I tested it on all the horses here at the farm. There are four of them. And our next door neighbors, whose horses share the same facilities as ours, liked them so much they bought two more for their horses. <laughs> wow. That's, well, you know, I, I, it makes me think of um, babies. You know, babies tend to knock stuff around all the time. Oh, and, yes. Um, you know, when we, were, when we were at Lazy Lots, I had trying to feed the babies outside was never fun. And they always, every single mm. one of them pawed, like yep. from birth. Yep. Paw at the feed so that's tub. That's pretty good. Yeah. And Nigel's so a paw, cool. pawer at the feed tub. He does them all. He's got every habit when it comes to feed tubs. Isn't that nice? Yeah. So uh, this fixed him right up. Ta-da. Oh, cool. There we go. Okay. That's very cool. All okay, right. Patty P. <sighs> okay. Well, I just want you to know 
Um, okay, so when you get new riding boots, and I tend to like to wear Koenigs, um, you know, they're tough. They're real um, stiff. Um, and it always hurts the crap out of my ankles. <laughs> and um, I um, use, and it was funny because I when they they have this product, and I didn't know that it was called this, but it's called a Bunja ankle sleeve. And you can get them in Dover, but I never knew what they were called. And so I had to look it up. So I was a little panicked that I wouldn't be able to find it. But the, it's actually something I guess skaters use. And it is um, a fabric on the outside, gel on the inside, and it slips right over your ankle. So you don't get those horrible rubs. Like sometimes I don't use my everyday boots or not my show boots. So when I go to use my show boots, even though my show boots it are older, hurts. it yep. hurts my ankles. So they're, um, So you can get them at Dover. I don't honestly know what the cost is there but i found um <laughs> i found them online when i was trying to think of what the name was and i think i actually found them um cheaper sorry dover um at discount skatewear and they're called a bunch oh, wow. of yeah and they're i think they're 15.99 and the thing is is these things can last a long time and i got to the point where i like them so much i wear them every day now <laughs> which is kind of weird but, wow well you know when i i keep my boots on you know, I start riding at seven and I often am done at like two thirty or three and I'm in them either working or teaching. And it just, I don't know, it's kind of, um, I also wear Ariat boots when I teach a lot because it's better for, you know, standing and I just feel so comfortable and I don't get nearly as fatigued because I'm not constantly, you know, worrying about my ankles rubbing. So that's my thing. It's called the Bunja ankle sleeve now is the one that you use the one that goes around the heel of your foot as well or is this the one that no. just goes on your ankle it's the one that just goes on your ankle and if you go to um what did i say the name of this site was the skate site i don't know what i just said oh here it is uh, discount skate there are um there's i think there are different there's a bunch of different varieties you know you can get one that goes around your ankle or just around the sleeve your or excuse me around the heel um but i just do the one that goes around my ankle and i will tell you they don't move they do not wow. move wow bunja until, ankle sleeve 15.99 yeah, yeah see huh. pretty cool right and that's where i will be buying them sorry dover but kind of cool and now you can get, I don't know if you can see that you can get them in two different lengths. I get the ver the shorter ones just because um, I live in Houston and when it's 105 outside, who needs their ankles to be sweating? Not me. Not you. But no. um, yeah, so kind of cool. Huh. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Okay, well, my next product, um, it's actually two products and they're they're for humans. Uh for people who have bad knees, bad ankles, flat feet, and bad backs, which would be a lot of riders. Well, so, um, Patty P, you and Jennifer know that I have chronically bad knee, mm -hmm. and I can be incredibly lame. I mean, I would never pass the vet, <laughs> even, even on a good I've day. Seen, I've seen your job. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Um, and... I, you know, wear braces on my knee and, uh, you know, I do everything I can to make it comfortable, ice it, elevate it. Well, I have discovered the best shoes. Oh. So one of them is called Anu, A-H-N-U. Okay. And you can get them at Zappos, at least that's where I got them. But my sister turned me on to them. Um, 
they are ultra, ultra cushioned for shock absorption. Cool. So when I'm walking with all this uh, shock absorption, my knee doesn't hurt at all. And I'm mucking stalls, pushing the wheelbarrow, hiking now, and it doesn't, I, I haven't even had to wear my brace. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Really? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And now, the only problem is these are all tie-up shoes. You know, they're hiking lacing, lacing, yeah, which is fine because at least you can adjust, you know, how much, how tight you want it or how close fitting. But there are some days that I just want some slip-ons. Yeah. And oh wait, wait. They have was, they have the Anu Jackie Pro is looks like a clog. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that so much. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, then I'm shopping. I found <laughs> Gravity Defire. And I found oh. these doing a search for um flat feet and bad knees. Oh, you actually Google flat feet and bad knees? Is that what you Google? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think Just she checking. does. Just checking. So just go to Gravity Defier, and they have a sole that isn't it isn't as thick looking as the Anu. There's they have somehow have trapped air in there, and it's like walking on a cloud. That's amazing. And again, my knee doesn't hurt because it's getting so much support, and I'm getting arch support the first time in my life um, from being flat footed. And, wow. and they're, they're, they're not, they're funky. And you know me, I like a little funk. <laughs> you, you, well, you are funky. I am funky. Um, so anyway, if you've got a bad back, if you've got bad knees or hips, if you're flat footed, or if you've got a high arch, uh, look at Anu and, and definitely check out, gravity to fire i would love to have a picture <laughs> of you in these uh yeah, can, anew... we, can we use that for the show notes picture yeah picture i'm thinking that with a picture of her in shorts with a with a pitchfork yes right are you with me on this jennifer i think, I mean, I think this so. is really yeah yes i think that's a must have <laughs> well i mean i can take a picture right now with i have the gravity to fire sitting right here i would so. love to see them Maybe of um, your dog chewing on them. No, 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 no. They're, they, uh, they just carry them around. They don't okay. chew. They don't chew them. <laughs> yeah. That would be beneath them, yeah. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so do we have any other um, great new products we want to share? Oh, I don't know. I have one that's not new. I mean, new to you? Uh, sure. <laughs> not really. New. It's not new to me. It's just one I really like. Um, uh. Well, and it will be, I mean, I guess it's, it's new within the last year. Does that count? That's new. Sure. Okay. New, how about let's, it's my newish. There you go. Thing. Um, I, uh, we, we use, um, in Texas, they have a, a thing called a magna wave and I don't know if you've heard of it, Tigger, but. Oh um, yes. Oh okay, yeah. It's, it's very, very, and I have seen lots of beneficial, um, results from it from some of the horses, but the original gal that would come and do it would bring and give this to people um a roma i'm going to say a roma roma massage mitt um because it's the least expensive one but there's little balls in it that have magnets so you can curry your horse and then go over them 
with this magnet thing. And the reason I like it so much is that it really is a good curry. It fits in your hand well. It's plastic. You can hose it off. But on the other side, it has the magnets in it. And like you can do it over their face or their pole or their neck. Wow. I really like it. And I, um, so I looked it up and you can get it at Valley Vet and they're $3.95 or three nine, yeah, three ninety five. I don't know about with shipping, but um, you can get them in tons of cute colors, but they're just kind of like a great stocking stuffer or, you know, something for a birthday present. Um, but they, what I like is that you can hose them off, you know, cause like if they get dirty from currying, um, you can hose them off the little balls still you know, wheel around quite fine. But on the other side, it's really good um, for their legs. Like if their legs get kind of grungy. Um, so the curry part of it is quite nice, but you can go over their hocks, you can go over, you know, whatever. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a pretty neat little product. And where do you find it? Um, the cheapest I found it um, because I was actually given it um, is on Valley Vet. Um, okay. you, you can Google it, but Valley Vet for three ninety five. I've seen them as expensive as $11, but I don't know um, I don't know. I've not used those. I I've used the cheaper, more colorful, purdy ones. Well, they gotta be pretty <laughs> colors. Yeah, they do. Cause they've got to make you happy. Yeah. All right. Now I'm trying to find on Valley vet here. Nah, 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 nah. Hmm. I just Googled it. What do you, what did you Google magnet curry? <laughs> Yes, at Magnet Horse Curry, and then it'll show up like Stateline, Schneider, and then Valley Vet. Oh, look at that. It, I yeah. have one of those. See? Aren't they cool? Yeah, they're like it's like the little jelly curries that we all love so much, but it has, has little magnets. And I think they come in two different types because one's like a real jelly, you know, movable mm-hmm. one, and one's a little stiffer. Yeah, I think I have the cheap, stiffer one. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 Got to get the squishy, soft one. Yeah, I mean, but I like the stiff one, too, if you've got, like, anything you want to work off a leg or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, any funk. Magnetic jelly massage curry. Wow, that's a mouthful. Gonna- yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. We know that cleaners and products we use have a great impact on the well-being of our families, our animals, our farms, and the earth. Warhorse works to offer our customers naturally aggressive and fiercely kind cleaners that provide effectiveness, versatility, and value. And Warhorse does this with special combinations of simple, humble, but extraordinary plant oils that have no pesticides, no metals, no glyphosate, no petroleum, no sulfate ingredients, and no genetically modified organisms. Warhorse's equine pet and people soaps use an exclusive raw sunflower oil that retains its waxes, lecithin, and vitamin E. And add some skin-loving avocado, coconut almond, and dead sea minerals, and you've got a buffet of healthy benefits for your farm family. All Warhorse cleaners are naturally aggressive on dirt and grime and fiercely kind to the most sensitive skin, even our pure gold and multi-purpose cleaners. So go ahead, get in the mud and get dirty. Warhorse has got your clean, a Warhorse kind of clean. Warhorse products are available at Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com or call us direct 1-800-686-9544. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So, 
I decided I wanted to get back to dog breeds, mainly because my son, Ray, who picks them out for me, insisted that we do beagles. And so, um, what a cute little dog they are, guys. They're just, I've never, we had um, hunting beagles, but they weren't like, you know, um, in inside beagles. They were kept in really nice kennels that we had outside. And I've never... Um, had them as a pet. I don't know if you have Tigger. Is that the one breed My that you sister. made? Okay, that's My right. Sister. Your sister. Yeah. Well, they're just darling little dogs. And a, a friend of ours, um, Shara Kosh, had one years ago. I don't know if you remember that one. He was so cute. It was just a great little dog. Um, but they, um, a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, they were, they originated in Great Britain. Um, I knew that they were Obviously, they're a scent hound, which means that they hunt with their nose and not by sight. Um, they will go through an uh, invisible fence. Yeah, they well, yeah, smell something. You yeah, can't. yeah. yeah well, they, well, and which is interesting because, um, as we all know, they use them a lot as drug dogs. Yeah, and and because they have such good noses, that's like their number one thing. Um, they're very popular because of their size. Um, AKC. Um, what did they call them? They call them merry, friendly, curious little dogs. And I thought that was such a sweet way to describe them. Um, but they're, you know, really basically a um, small size dog. Males get anywhere from 20 to 25 pounds. Females, 20 to 23 pounds ish. They have variations of colors, but basically it's tricolor or a combination of white combo so like they have black and tan or black red and tan or black tan and white but there's all kind of that and i think they even get into blue which i was not aware of um i've never seen a blue beagle but um Me neither yeah I, I didn't really research that too much um because i didn't know they had them but they're very intelligent they're uh single-minded i think they um they require um moderate exercise i mean they could be a good apartment type dog, but does need regular exercise, but they will, um, bay, they will throw their little heads back and, um, do a little, do a little yodeling when prompted. <laughs> um, great with kids, great with other dogs, uh, great with, um, uh, um, like I said, in a, you know, a good apartment, uh, dog, but also good on the farm. However, they are single-minded. So if you have one, it's not common to take, you know, have them off the leash and expect them to stick around. They're going to go yeah. off hunting. Yeah. Um, so, and like we had mentioned earlier, they do use them for uh, detection dogs for any type of like uh, agricultural um, import stuff, drug dogs, blah, blah, blah. They're really quite good in that area. And who's the most famous beagle of them all? Snoopy from the comic yep. strips. Peanuts, which I had. It's so funny. I hadn't thought about that in the longest time. And I um, love Snoopy. I know. I love. Yeah, that was so such a cute, cute dog. And he had his. <laughs> remember him in his little bomber outfit? Of course. Yeah, that was so cute. Oh my gosh! Little goggles. I know. I know. Um, so originated in Great Britain in 1885. They came from several different breeds. Um, a Talbot Hound a Southern Hound, a North Country Beagle, and possibly the Harrier. Um, primarily bred to hunt hair, uh, rabbits. rabbits and hare. Um, they are generally a very healthy dog. They have very little things. You have to, of course, be cautious of ear infections because they have floppy ears. Um, 
and they are prone to, as are a lot of smaller dogs, um, epilepsy. And one interesting thing, um, they are prone to dwarfism, which is funny. I did Uh, did not know that. I didn't either. had no idea. And um, they referred to it as the puppy-like look. Um, but I, I don't know why I'm not sure genetically why that's a thing, but it was kind of in the top five things, um, that they mentioned, um, that just sort of stood out, but, but really, I think they're, they're, they're a good little dog. You could definitely do them in an apartment. If you get regular exercise, I would not take them off the leash. If you, (laughs) if you, yeah. Um, but they do, you could bring them to a dog park. They'd get along with other dogs. Um, great with kids. Um, just, I think a generally all around good dog. (laughs) Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. We are at Critter Nutrition, and today we're going to talk about Ayurveda, which is the oldest medicine on earth. My first exposure to Ayurveda was in 1984 at the Natural Products Expo in Atlanta. I was working for a human supplement company that sold products through independent health food stores. Standing in the trade booth on the first day of the expo, I saw two Sikhs walking down the aisle. My eyes followed them to a booth at the end of the aisle. On a break, my curiosity propelled me to the booth of the Sikhs. Spread out on the table were packages of small yellow beans and herbs that I'd never heard of. Amalaki, Googaloo, Dashamula, Boswellia, Ashoka. What is this? I asked politely. These are some of the medicines of Ayurveda, one of the Sikhs said. I had no idea what Ayurveda meant. I had never heard the word before. A few Chinese herbs from traditional Chinese medicine had inched into the health food business in the early 1980s. Herbs like ginseng, mahuang, astragalus, and ginger. In complete ignorance, I said, are these new Chinese herbs? The medicine of Ayurveda is older than that, the older Sikh said. It is the oldest medicine on earth. The ancient philosophy of Ayurveda is so named for life knowledge. Ayur means life and Veda means knowledge. It arose in India thousands of years ago. The great seers of India came to understand and reveal the deepest truths of human physiology and health through deep meditation and spiritual practices. 
These truths and practices were passed down orally until they were compiled and organized into an elaborate system of sacred texts recorded in the Vedas, the world's oldest existing literature written in Sanskrit more than 5,000 years ago. These texts include information on animal care, health management, and curing diseases of the animals. By 400 AD, the Ayurvedic texts had been translated into Chinese. By 700 AD, Chinese scholars were studying Ayurveda in India. The fundamental root of Ayurveda is health is the balanced and dynamic integration of environment, body, mind, and spirit. In Ayurveda, it is all connected. There are five elements in Ayurveda, space, air, fire, water, and earth. The term space was actually ether, and in the ancient philosophies was thought to be prevalent in the heavens, but inaccessible to humans. There are three basic energies that govern the inner and outer environments of movement, transformation, and structure. These energies are referred to as doshas. Vata dosha is air and space. Pita dosha is fire and water. Kapha dosha is earth and water. Vata dosha governs movement. Pita dosha is associated with metabolism, digestion, and vision. It is, the tra- it is considered the transformation dosha. Kapha dosha provides structure, lubrication, and stability. Signs of imbalance in a dosha. If the vata dosha is out of balance, it can be expressed by anxiety, insomnia, dry skin, constipation, difficulty focusing. When pita dosha is out of balance, there can be indigestion, ulcers, inflammation, skin rashes, diarrhea. When kapha dosha is out of balance, It can be experienced as weight gain, sluggishness, indigestion, slow or suppressed metabolism, lymphatic congestion. Ayurveda points to imbalanced kapha as a a leading sign of prediabetes. There are times when more than one dosha can be out of balance, as in an overweight horse with gastric ulcers. That would indicate an imbalance of pita dosha and kapha dosha. Ayurveda focuses on foods, herbs, plants, and spices that are categorized as cooling, warming, neutral. This is also true of traditional Chinese medicine. For example, a horse with gastric ulcers would would be seen as an imbalance of the pita dosha. Since pita governs fire, an ulcer would signify too much fire in the GI tract. The Ayurvedic approach would be to support the horse with cooling foods, such as lactobacillus acidophilus, a probiotic bacteria that is from milk, which is cooling. An active yeast probiotic would not be recommended because active yeast is warming. And if we already have too much fire in the GI tract, we don't need to add more heat. Examples of some neutral foods are almonds and hemp seeds. Tridoshic foods for horses. These are the foods and plants that are balancing for all three doshas. 
pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, sesame seeds, chia, flax, almonds, coconut in small amounts, blueberries, pomegranate, alfalfa, cabbage, kale, seaweeds, quinoa, rice in moderation, ashwagandha, holy basil, black pepper, amla, which is known as Indian gooseberry, turmeric, oregano, mung beans, mung dal, which is a split yellow bean, fennel, parsley, carrots, dandelion, squash, and the blue-green algaes, chlorella and spirulina. From the moment I met the Sikhs at the Natural Products Trade Show many years ago, I was drawn like a magnet to Ayurveda. I resonated with the philosophy of balancing the whole body system rather than pieces of the body system. This would be in conflict with the Western nutrition training I had until I learned how to use both Ayurveda and Western nutritionism together. In the past 30 years, more scientific research has been conducted on various plants used widely in Ayurveda, and studies have proven the wisdom in the old Ayurvedic Sanskrit texts. Although the ancients didn't have the same methodology, they did, in fact, have a profound understanding of the relationship between food, plants, environment, and health. Biostar supplements are formulated with a combination of Ayurvedic and Western nutritionism, and several Biostar formulas are totally Ayurvedic. They would be True Balance, Theracom, Tridosha, Cool Star, Thermal, Bioflora, BioYeast, and for the dogs, Buckaroo's Cooling Stew, Buckaroo's Warming Stew, and Terabiota. So we picked a very interesting topic today. (laughs) Indeed. A controversial one. (laughs) Yes. Which is vaccines. And there's a lot of opinions about vaccines. So um, we thought the best way was for each of us just to talk about our personal feelings about vaccinating horses and dogs. And, you know, I ultimately it's always a personal choice. Right. Um, and I'll start out by saying I have a herd of retired horses. They've been vaccinated up the kazoo for most of their competitive lives. And they don't get any vaccines. And they and they're alive and kicking. <laughs> and, and they're and they're they're, you know, in their late twenties. Yeah. There you go. Alive and kicking. Um, I, I would not you know, I wouldn't I'm not saying I would do that with a foal or a a yearling or a two-year-old, but um, I do think there comes a point, and and Patty, you you remember Lion's violent Mm -hmm. reaction to vaccines. It got to the point where, I mean, he was telling me, yeah, I I can't, you can't give these to me anymore. Yeah. Um, We had to go nasal for some of them um, because he had such bad reactions. And didn't even the nasal ones bother him? They did, but not as badly as the intermuscular. Oh, it's just, it, it, you know, you think about it and they have such an adverse reaction to this. And then yet, you know, and now with the new flu and rhino thing that it's got to be within every six months. And I know some horses out there, I mean, you know, the very first time I ever had a, 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 a dealing with this was when I bought my first horse from Lot, and she didn't vaccinate. She was very holistic. Well, I didn't know that. And... I had bought this two-year-old filly. She was just beautiful. And I, um, it was the fall and I did my vaccinations. And at that point, you know, we were putting them all together, grouping them all together. And that poor horse could not pick her head up 
for wow. 10 days. 10 days. Uh, and I didn't know what happened. I had no idea what happened. And so, of course, I started talking to my vet. <clears throat> and, you know, ever since that one thing that's happened, I, at that moment, so thought, okay, well, I am breaking up every vaccine that I ever yeah. give over a very large period of time. And I give them butte so that they, you know, yeah. And, you know, and it, obviously there's live vaccines versus the killed vaccines. And, you know, flu and rhino is very difficult because sometimes the first time you give it, it's not an issue. It's the second and third time that it becomes yep. the more violent and and so on and so on. Um, but I remember years ago when we were doing a lot of breeding and we were doing the flu and rhino shots with the mares like every three, six, nine. Months. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, no telling no telling what we were doing, you know? Yeah. No, that was the protocol, mm-hmm. you know, like worming every six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll save that for next time. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think I will say this too. Um, I definitely have an opinion about vaccines. Um, I definitely do my young horses. Um, I feel very strongly about this with my dogs. Um, as well, is I do what is required. I do like to break everything up. I don't like to give anything yeah. in one, you know, clump nope. at all anymore. I don't um, either. As my dogs get older, I stop giving them vaccines. Yep. That's all, all there is to it. Because at some point, when you have a dog that's living well beyond its expected life expectancy, um, I feel like you end up having to play God. I mean, dogs, you know, as like horses are, you know, should get older and fail naturally. And, you know, the best horse that I ever had, um, it, the best way a horse ever died was I woke up and he had had a lovely little heart attack and I, I it was awesome. It was, it was Sage, first horse you ever met me on. And, you oh, know, yeah. and I had done the same thing. I stopped giving vaccinations. I mean, why give an older horse back? I mean, and, and when I say this, I know, and I know someone's going to hear this and they're going to go, oh my gosh, do you know what you could do? And well, you know what? I've had tons of horses that I have let get to older age and stop giving them vaccines. Same thing, obviously with you. And they didn't die because they didn't get vaccines. <laughs> you know what, you, you know what right. I mean? They didn't have a horrible um, ending of their life. They had a better ending of their life because they ended up dying in a more natural, I believe, natural time frame. And, you know, the more we do for our animals, the longer we make them live um, beyond what their life expectancy is. There's a whole other th- onslaught of problems, I believe, come with that. And you're living proof having all those horses in your backyard that are in their late 20s that are still living. And granted, some horses are supposed to live a long, long time. They just are. Yeah. Thunder lived till he was almost 40 years old. Um, and he stopped getting vaccinations. But, you know, sometimes they're just not supposed to be around that long. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, you know, and, and the more we do for them, the more we're falsely keeping them here. It's just, well, I it, think it's there's, there's, uh, with dogs and with horses, um, we have to ask ourselves what is absolutely necessary. Right. And how much is, is promoting fear? Like, mm-hmm. um, when the new Lyme's vaccine for dogs came out mm-hmm. last year. And of course my vet immediately said, Oh, you know, you need to vaccinate, vaccinate for Lyme's. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's a new vaccine. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, and the more that, you know, the, on the human side, the more vaccines that are created 
I mean, when we were kids, I think we got a total of, I don't know, 12 or 12 vaccines. These kids are now up to 40 something. Yeah. It's a little worrisome. Well, the one thing I will say, and again, I feel like there is, it's a necessary evil in some things. I mean, obviously vaccines have eradicated polio and all sorts of other things in humans. I mean, it's a necessary evil. I'm not saying don't vaccinate. I'm also going to say that there is a lot of research that um, is linking um, vaccines to ADHD, all sorts of behavioral problems in in kids, um, digestive problems, um, you know, things that you know, weren't as big of an issue and, and people say, oh, it's just because, you know, we didn't have the internet and you couldn't find out. No, they just weren't as much of an issue. They just weren't. I, I've talked to my mother. I don't she think said, they were getting as many vaccines. I don't think they were getting as ma- many vaccines. Absolutely. 40 years ago, we mm-hmm. weren't giving that many vaccines. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. And then, you know, in watching, you know, having a baby and, you know, and having to go in and get that first set of shots, it, oh. it, Oh my gosh. And then watch in there. Well, they're going to be sick for a while. And I'm like, and why am I doing this? You know? <laughs> and I realize that it's a necessary evil. Some of this is a necessary evil. I mean, you know, with all of that, but the one thing Peter and I talk about all the time is I am so grateful that I don't have young kids that I have to worry about this anymore. I know. You know? So but we still have to worry about it with the dogs and the horses. Yeah. So with in the, from the AAEP's point of view, they divide vaccinations into two separate categories. They have core vaccinations and risk-based vaccinations. Right. right. Um, core-based being tetanus, encephalitis, West Nile, and rabies. Right. Um, personally, my horses get rabies vaccines every year, and they get tetanus vaccines every year. Right. Um, just not going there, um, yeah. especially with rabies, because, hello, they can give it to people. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really cool on that. I think a lot of us, because we don't want to think through it, and we're afraid that someone is going to um, trash us publicly or hate us. When it comes to the risk-based vaccinations for our horses, so many of us just, they just say, just give it all to them. I don't want to have to think about it. I don't Mm want to have to make a decision. I don't want somebody to say something bad about me if I don't give that vaccine. Without taking the time to understand what does risk-based mean? Is your horse at risk? Is it endemic or is there one case in one county 120 mm-hmm. miles from you mm-hmm. on a horse that just got shipped in on a meat truck? Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, that we're, we're so afraid of being um, politically incorrect, to, to, for lack of a better term, when it comes to our, our horses and our dogs' vaccines. We're afraid to, afraid to sit down, look at it through clear eyes. Say, what is the real risk of my animal contracting this disease or becoming exposed to this disease does it make sense to give this vaccine and then on the other side of that also is the vaccine companies have very conveniently lumped all these things into one vaccine so that you when you Mm -hmm. want to give your a horse a encephalomyelitis vaccine you get seven other ones at the same time so people give it to them figure well may as well just give them all seven why not let's cover my bases well, there's not research that says that's necessarily better. I don't know if there's any research that says it's necessarily bad, but make that decision for yourself. Is that better yeah. to give vaccines that your horse doesn't necessarily need for that convenience? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I'm, I'm the and same it, way. I'll put not- my hand up when it comes to old guys that stand around in a field for a living and don't ever get visited by other horses or humans. They, you know, they get the rabies shot, they get the tetanus shot. 
You're good yeah. to go, dude. Yeah. Do your <laughs> thing. I don't get either of those. Nothing. They had rabies. They had tetanus. But you and, know, and don't... in truth, so many of these vaccines last the lifetime of the I, animal. Yeah. yeah. yeah and see, that's the know. big thing. Right. Yeah, that's the big thing because that's what they started doing years ago when they would test to see um, they would do the titer in the dogs. And uh, I just started to think about this with some of my older dogs, um, Ruben being one of them who is uh, well, and he's going to be 20 this year. Um, he hasn't had a vaccine um, in the last five years of his life. And um, because I, I pulled a titer years ago and, you know, and the vet was very truthful and said, yeah, chances are you're never going to have to vaccinate him again. But I didn't tell you that. I'm like, okay. You know, and so it's just tough because every time, you know, like with my my one Frenchie, um, the first set of vaccines he ever got, and I always had them broken up, um, he absolutely had a reaction. And I thought, well, this sucks because this is going to end up, ha- you know, so what I'm going to do, give him Benadryl and do all, I mean, you know, and they have, because yeah. they are so, their um, noses are so short, I always worry about their faces swelling mm-hmm. and yeah. not breathing. And, yeah. you know, and, and again, I mean, I do think there is a, a purpose and a point to all of this, but I do think it can be, you know, really, really get now, out of control. I want to ask a question because you, you had a light bulb for me. I didn't know. Explain to me having a titer done on your dog for a specific vaccination or for specific Well, I don't know disease. if how specific related it is. I can't remember. There, it, um, A friend of mine told me about this years ago when I was in Michigan and she had an older dog and her vet said, um, I, and I, they, they, did a blood test and pulled a titer to see where. Um, That's getting more and more common. I mean, you can yeah. ask to pull a titer to decide whether the, do- uh, you need to to um revaccinate well golly that sounds like a smart thing i'm going to quiz my vet about what a tighter blood test is and whether or not i need to use them (laughs) right right yeah because particularly with rabies and i'm i'm big on rabies because i've been through several rabies scares personally don't Mm want to go there again um they don't have any research on horses that tells us how long the vaccine really lasts so the states that require rabies vaccines require them annually for horses regardless because right. they, they just don't know and that's a cya you know because just in case we don't know but it would be interesting if you are able to do that test like well no he doesn't need one it's 12 months but he doesn't need one because this blood test mm-hmm. proves mm-hmm. That he doesn't well mm-hmm. by golly i'm yeah. not gonna have to give him one then why bother right. so that's gonna be interesting i'm gonna quiz my vet a little about, about that whole process yeah. i'm curious how that works oh it sounds yeah. like a because health segment we- <laughs> But yeah, yeah. this is is such a tricky, tricky, you know, discussion because, you know, I was in Wellington when the first EHV breakout happened. um, And that was uh, really a very uh, scary time because horses were dropping like flies. And, you know, and we had as a as a farm, a training facility put us ourselves on. we just decided to quarantine and very quickly after that, everybody was quarantining, but you know, it was so interesting, the things that you learned about that particular, you know, incident. And then, you know, okay, well, you know, if your horses weren't vaccinated, flu and rhino and blah, blah, well, then they realized the flu and rhino didn't even cover the strain that was going out there, you know, and it's just like, Oh my gosh, this one thing. And it, the, the paranoia and the fear that we had was overwhelming. And it was interesting as it, you know, a very small community on the planet going through this, this thing of, um, oh my gosh, we're not protected. We're not protected. You know, um, it, it was, it was just, it was not something I ever would want to go through again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just scary. 
Yeah, it is. So, uh, a, a very personal so- a topic, an important topic to, to educate yourself, learn what the vaccine is, what the carrier is, because just because it's a killed or live vaccine, they're not all created equal. Nope. Talk to your vet, talk to your um, state agencies and find out what genuine, real risks there are and make an educated decision rather than just blanketing. Just give them all. That yeah, sounds like exactly. a good idea, right? So uh, that's wrapping it up. Um, do yes. you have any suggestions, Tigger, since you're the one that brought this lovely topic to the table? <laughs> I get to go to bed thinking about this. Um, do you have any maybe online resources that a horse owner might look into and read about to feel like they understand a little bit more about vaccines, how vaccines work, et cetera, et cetera. I'm putting you You on the spot here. I didn't ask ahead of time. I think um, a very good um, medical source is, is a vet named Joyce Harmon Mm -hmm. and her website is Harmony. Uh, equine. Okay, let me get down here. It's H-A-R-M-A-N-Y. Oh, she's the gal with the muzzle. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, Joyce is, is you know, a, a, a skilled Western veterinary medicine vet who has transitioned into traditional Chinese medicine and, and holistic complementary medicines, but it all works together for her. And um, she would be a very good, good uh, middle of the road person to, to talk to about mm-hmm. vaccinations of your horse okay. or your I'm dog. Gonna, I'm going to put a link and to you her can website. Shoot her an email. Yeah, that's She's a great idea. Accessible. Yeah. I'll put a link yeah. to her website in the show notes so you can just go to horse or uh, healthy critters radio i just want to yeah. ask one thing there is an, uh, an unusual amount of people in the last two years have contacted me about you know diet change and expressed these very awful experiences their horses have had with vaccinations mm-hmm. um affecting metabolism um affecting adrenal glands, affecting um, attitude. And um, so, you know, we, we can't, we cannot be blind that there aren't side effects. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to be very, I mean, for a lot of horses, there's never a problem. And that's great. Right. And for a lot of dogs, there's never a problem. But you, we have to be aware of what we're injecting. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. knowledge is and why knowledge. and why and just why. don't exactly. let somebody stick something in your dog or your or, your horse. or horse and not know why. I mean, exactly. I think that's like you said, middle road. Educate yourselves, and um, you know, and I think you have to be careful because, like I said, I have talked on extremists on both sides and I would get like, ah, you know, too overwhelmed. And I thought, no, I know what I'm doing here. I know what I'm doing. I know what's given me the most success. I know what works for me. And that's the hard part, but there you go. Yep. There you go. Well, that's a, that's a wrap on, um, the most controversial coffee, coffee <laughs> clash yet. Now, the one Ever. the one about what your horse's favorite beverage would be was so much easier to do. But yeah, and, yeah, and I and I, it was so funny because when Tigger said this is what we should do, I'm like, I thought well, this was supposed to be uplifting. I'm supposed to be drinking coffee. I think I we're know. gonna. <laughs> but this we'll was go- a, this 
Maybe we'll go this a little a lighter good. next time. A little lighter. Oh, no, I think we'll definitely go lighter. But <laughs> I, 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 especially after I present the Rockefeller stuff. Oh, we're yeah. Have I, to I think lighter. I'm quitting after that yeah. one. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm going to put that on auto record. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamsters. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. <laughs> Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging with your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. And meditate with a meerkat.